This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Day one of job action for Metro Vancouver bus and sea bus captains. And while the morning commute appeared to roll on fairly smoothly. That's right. This afternoon, the impact started to be particularly for sea bus passengers. Jill Bennett is live at the terminal in downtown Vancouver for us. And Jill Translink said more than a dozen runs would have to be canceled. What have you seen down there so far? They were cancelled and the C-Bus is now operating at 15 minute intervals instead of the 10 minutes so we see when that third vessel is in place. It was pulled because of the overtime ban. It relies on overtime work to run. So there are some delays, nothing too big at this point. However, this is just day one and transit users are being warned to prepare for an escalation in job action. As of 8 a.m. Friday, bus drivers were free to wear whatever they wanted behind the wheel as day one of job action got underway. The union also handed out branded t-shirts yeah. okay, thanks. to any operator wanting one. So we're supporting them as they move uh, out of Coast Mountain bus company uniforms. An overtime ban is also now in place for maintenance workers. That means buses brought to centres such as this one for repairs and inspections could be pulled out of service. The company says there are 1,300 buses currently on the roads and 150 spares. Once we get past those 150 buses that are spares, we will see uh, some service disruptions on the road. There have also been several C-Bus trips cancelled because of the overtime ban and at least 30 weekend trips also won't sail. The two sides in the dispute aren't even talking right now. There are no immediate plans to escalate job action, but that could happen down the road. We were considering an overtime ban for drivers, but we realized that that would have an immediate impact on 10 to 15 percent of the service uh, right away. And so we're going to hold off on that for now and we're going to try to get our message out. But unfortunately, at some point, we're going to have to escalate. And ultimately, if this doesn't get resolved, we will escalate all the way to a full, uh, a full work stoppage. The last full transit strike in 2001 idled buses for four months and led to a lot of animosity. Manure was dumped on then Translink board chair George Pule's front yard. Legislation was brought in to end the strike. This time, the company isn't budging on the current offer on the table, saying not only is it fair, it's more than what many other public sector workers have received. We've addressed wage increases, we've addressed benefits, and we've addressed working conditions in our current deal. Uh, you know, when they're ready to uh, change their position and get serious about the issues, we're ready to close the deal. Uh, but until that point, we're going to focus on the job action. Now, the company also released a new number today saying the union demands would cost more than half a billion dollars more, something they're not willing to agree to. They repeated the call for a mediator to be involved. However, the union says the two sides are so far apart on wages and job conditions, there's no point in going that direction right now. Chris, Sophie? All right, Jill, thank you. All right, let's bring in Keith Baldry for more on a memo from TransLink. Keith, that highlights the gap between the two sides and what the company says is the potential impact of the union's demands. 
Yeah, yeah, not a very long memo, but it gets to the point. It's from the acting CEO. It's gone to the mayor's council, say, as Jill uh, Bennett reported, the gap is $600 million between what the company has on the table and what the union is seeking. And then they put it in the context of what does that mean in terms of how much more taxes would have to go up or the impact it could have on all sorts of service improvements, including some big ticket items. Here's a list of some of the things TransLink says could be affected if the $600 million has to be paid for. Uh, the regional share of the Broadway subway and Surrey Rapid Transit line could be at stake, which puts both those projects potentially in jeopardy. As well, there's a planned 8% increase in uh, bus services in uh, Metro Vancouver in the area covered by TransLink. That could also be in jeopardy. That would affect 75 different routes. Uh, 108 new SkyTrain cars may have to be delayed in terms of ordering them. Uh, almost $90 million is planned for general bus transit improvements over the next decade. That could be impacted as well as $78 million for various road and structure improvements uh, down the road. The, again, the president of the bus company making the argument today, $600 million simply is not in the ballpark for a conversation. But the union representative is saying maybe it's time to hit the pause button on a number of those service improvement projects. $608 million gap is far too much and is not reasonable. Uh, we need to be fiscally responsible. These are public dollars. Uh, and the $600 million difference represents about five years of expansion as part of the phase two uh, delivery across uh, across this region. There's a certain percentage of expansion that they're looking at over the next number of years and what we're seeing is if they need to uh, slow down a little bit on the transit expansion, reduce it by a percentage or two to make sure they can take care of the people who make it run, the drivers and, and the mechanics, uh, then that's what they need to do. Now, at some point, this is going to be a battle for public opinion, Sophie. And again, it'll be interesting whether the public sides with the company's view uh, that uh, can't meet the, the wage demands here or with the union view that maybe it's a little too ambitious to have all these transit projects come online in a relatively short period of time. We're at the beginning of a dispute that has every sign of looking like it's going to go on for quite some time. All right. Thanks for that. Keith Baldry reporting tonight. On the topic of infrastructure, the plans to replace the aging and congested Massey Tunnel took another step forward today. A Metro Vancouver committee has given the go-ahead to replace the four-lane tunnel with an eight-lane tube tunnel instead of the previously discussed bridge option. Nadia Stewart has more on the implications of the decision and what happens now. All those in favour... And opposed. And with that, the Massey Tunnel replacement project gets the green light. The Metro Vancouver Board of Directors officially endorsing the eight-lane immersed tube tunnel as their solution of choice. We are really, really hoping that the province will take this recommendation and start moving with the business case next year. The long road to Friday's endorsement included many other options and piles of sand. All that's left of the former Liberal government's plan to replace the tunnel with a 10-lane bridge. But that was not on the table this time around. The idea of an expensive, deep-bored twin tunnel and an eight-lane bridge were both rejected in favour of a tunnel similar to the current Massey Tunnel with two dedicated bus lanes. We were very disappointed with today's decision uh, to advance this to the provincial government. Anita Hubberman with the Surrey Board of Trade was among the voices at Friday's meeting criticising the board's decision. How much longer do we have to wait for a sustainable transportation uh, type of strategy? At the end of the day, we have another half a million people moving to this region. To think that on day one, we're going to have three lanes during rush hour to deal with traffic, the same three lanes we have now during rush hour, 
is fundamentally short-sighted. Both Richmond, Queensboro, MLA, Jazz Johal and Hubberman says they'll be lobbying the NDP government as the final decision is now in their hands. In an email to Global News, Transportation Minister Clara Trevena says the eight-lane tunnel makes more sense than a 10-lane bridge. But for those in Delta and Richmond stuck in traffic, at this point, anything will do. Ultimately, the, the, the province is going to have to decide the method of a crossing, whether it's a bridge, a tunnel, or a zip line. Frankly, I don't care anymore. What we are frustrated about is that there's been two and a half years of inaction on this file. Minister Trevena says they hope to confirm the preferred solution within the next few months. Nadia Stork, Global News. Meantime, there are new details about the proposed Surrey to Langley SkyTrain extension. It comes as TransLink launches its second round of public engagement on the project. Aaron MacArthur shows us the progress that's been made so far and what they need from the public. For two decades, this has been the end of the line. King George and Fraser Highway. But the future of LRT in Surrey is finally getting built. Eventually, TransLink still needs a business case and public consultation, plus some environmental studies, and then purchase of all the equipment and materials needed. Assuming there are no further delays, construction will begin in 2022. No new funding is required from the region, from the province or the federal government. The routing has been narrowed down. Green Timbers Forest will see the elevated tracks run on the existing Fraser Highway right-of-way. No extra park space will be needed. Station design has been narrowed down enough to have conceptual drawings done, and station locations have been finalized. TransLink ready to go back to the public for consultation. So we hope that the information that we're launching today helps to fill in some of those details around the specifics of the project. Despite promises of a SkyTrain line to Langley during the last municipal election, this is the end of the line, at least by 2025. $1.6 billion or so to go about 30 blocks and any money in the budget to go all the way to Langley still years away. Obviously we're designing this that it could be constructed in phases but the desire is to actually build it all as one project. While SkyTrain is getting the provisional go-ahead the project will eat up almost all of the money earmarked for south of the Fraser Rapid Transit. The best King George Boulevard or 104th Avenue can hope for now is rapid bus service project that is still about a half a billion dollars short. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Saanich school support workers and their employer headed back to the bargaining table today hoping to get a deal done so students at 14 schools can return to class next week. The 500 QP support staff include education assistants, library techs, counselors, custodial and maintenance staff. They all walked off the job Monday. Saanich teachers have not been crossing the picket lines, which means there's been no school for more than 7,300 students. The primary issue is pay equity. And mediated talks between Ecom 911 and the emergency dispatchers of BC broke down today. More than 500 Ecom's employees have been without a contract since January. QP says the employer has failed to address key issues around wages, overtime and working conditions. The union says it will not be considering job action until essential service levels can be established by the Labour Board. 
IHIT is investigating a suspicious death near Cultus Lake. Chilliwack RCMP were called to the scene early this morning when a man's body was discovered in a rural area just off Sleepy Hollow Road. Few details are known at this time. IHIT is asking anyone with information to contact them or Crime Stoppers. A somber anniversary is being marked today. It's been exactly three years since the stabbing at an Abbotsford High School left one student dead and another injured. Today at the trial for Gabriel Klein, the young man accused in the stabbings, Crown presented its last witness for now. Romina Dea has more on that testimony and why a report due out later this month will play a key role in the case. Gabriel Klein had alcohol and THC in his bloodstream when he stabbed two students in their Abbotsford High School three years ago. The question is, what effect, if any, did alcohol and marijuana have on Klein's actions? 13-year-old Letitia Reimer died from her injuries. Her friends survived. Klein has pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder and aggravated assault. Forensic toxicology specialist Michael Roseland testified the combination of marijuana and presumed alcohol level would not produce mental confusion. Based on the drinking pattern put to Rosalind by defense, Klein would have been under the legal limit for driving. The case is not about who did it. It pivots on what was Klein's mental state at the time. The accused has been diagnosed with schizophrenia. So what happens next? The trial is on hold until the court receives the forensic psychiatrist's mental health assessment of Klein, which will determine whether or not the accused is NCRMD, not criminally responsible on account of mental disorder. The trial is scheduled to resume December 9th. Defense counsel Martin Peters tells me his client is expected to testify. Romina Dea, Global News. Some disturbing vandalism on the North Shore. At least half a dozen parked cars were vandalized overnight in a townhouse complex near Westview Drive and 28th. Several had their back windows smashed and a couple others were spray painted with racist graffiti. RCMP confirm they are investigating. Right now, though, a remarkable rescue story involving two people missing for almost a week in the snowy, cold backcountry. The couple set off on a camping adventure when their vehicle became stuck on a remote logging road in the Columbia Valley, east of Wassa. Jordan Armstrong has more on what they did that helped their rescuers and likely saved their lives. Safe and sound inside of rescued after nearly a week in the rugged British Columbia backcountry. We're quite excited to get out of the ordeal. The search for 24-year-old Damon Brodeur and 22-year-old Cassie Gibbons began Wednesday after family back home in Ontario hadn't heard from the pair in six days. I was a little nervous at the fact that nobody knew exactly where I was. The couple, who've been together two months, had planned to overnight at a remote hot springs when their SUV got stuck in a snowy creek on a logging road. We were just out there to camp and just have a good time, but Alpine storm hit. I balled it out my tires trying to get out of the snow and yeah, just couldn't get back up across the river crossing. With their dog for company, they spent five cold nights in their vehicle waiting and hoping to be rescued. We made sure that there were smoke fires lit, uh, usually on the hour. I was supposed to say, I think we did them on the hour every hour. That to grab the attention of searchers from above. They also wrote help in large letters in the snow. 
and drew an arrow towards a nearby cabin, which they used for shelter on their sixth night. We were pretty, pretty, pretty good in the cabin. Um, we were warm. We were just, just waiting. While inside, they heard the sweet sound of a search plane. I was excited when I heard the plane come over. He was absolutely amazing. Flew low enough to make sure that we knew uh, that he was coming, coming to save us. Helicopter to safety, the couple is now thanking the RCMP officers and search volunteers who came to their rescue. This ordeal hasn't dampened their enthusiasm for the backcountry. In fact, they say as soon as they get their vehicle back, they'll go camping again but with an emergency locator beacon. It was the only thing that we really didn't have that we normally carry with us. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. ICBC, as we know, is under tremendous financial pressure. The provincial insurer has tweaked its rates, trying to improve the bottom line. And while you don't have a choice for basic insurance, you do for optional. It's true. Richard Zussman shows us why private competitors have only a sliver of the market so far, but might be worth checking out. It's one of the great car insurance mysteries. Where do drivers get their optional insurance? I have no idea, to be quite honest with you. I have no idea. Optional insurance is just that, optional. With it, drivers get extra liability protection. And unlike basic insurance, where ICBC holds a monopoly, the public insurer competes on the optional side. But even so, ICBC says they're having to charge more. You know, we've seen tremendous cost pressures on the optional side, uh, especially over the past few years. Those cost pressures have been driven uh, by increasing claims. 90% of people get their optional insurance through ICBC, and the public insurer doesn't have to disclose how much rates go up each year because there is competition. That has been bad news for drivers like Lisa Wagner. For somebody like myself that's been driving for a number of years, Safely, um, I was surprised to receive a up to about almost $400 increase. Advocates for private insurance say that they don't get the same sort of data ICBC does. Therefore, they struggle to assess risk, and that means they struggle to compete on price. The reality is that ICBC blocks other insurers from seeing your driving record and from seeing claims information in the area in which you live. ICBC says drivers can retrieve their records online to compare rates. Colin Brown used to be the lead underwriter for ICBC. Now he runs his own private insurance company. He says he can compete only because he knows the inner workings of ICBC. It's difficult to do business here when you have to go for the, uh, the basic to an auto plan agent. It's very easy for them just to turn it into a full transaction. Auto brokers also benefit from selling optional ICBC insurance. A broker gets almost $14 for a basic renewal but an average of 15% for an optional renewal, $120 on an $800 insurance bill. Brokers can provide customers quotes as well as coverage plans for multiple companies. The reality is they often don't. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Well, for many in leadership positions, admitting they're wrong is not always easy. Not so for Commodore Angus Topshi, the commander of Canada's Pacific Fleet, the final guest in our four-part Global News CKNW 980 leadership series. The Commodore points out that empathy is one of the top skills leaders need and says a good leader is not afraid to be wrong. I find a lot of the times you start with an apology and it's like, look, I'm really sorry, we got this situation Wait, wrong. Wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you say <laughs> that in a leadership position, 
Yeah. You don't mind apologizing and saying, well, let's go back and do this again? I think being genuine and honest are some of the, the fundamental things. And because if, if a leader doesn't project honesty, am I actually going to get honest feedback from, from the people who work for me? Because I don't want them telling me what I want to hear. And you can hear more of Commodore Topshi's leadership experience and advice on BC One throughout this weekend. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Real-life terror at a Toronto Halloween party when two teens who were denied entry went on a stabbing spree. The 19-year-old man and 15-year-old girl forced their way into the University of Toronto Fraternity House, stabbing and slashing people inside and then continuing their rampage outside. Five teens were injured. He gets pushed down the stairs by, I guess, security from the frat and comes running back up looking for trouble and at this point everybody was kind of getting a little bit scared and and stressed out so the guy from the frat starts like yelling at people telling them to get off the porch the two suspects face attempted murder aggravated assault and weapons charges yet another new fire and more evacuations in california take a look at this picture yeah neighbor called told us that the neighborhood was on fire and i better get home quickly yeah, the Maria fire broke out last night north of Los Angeles. While families were trick-or-treating, it spread quickly, forcing another 8,000 people out of their homes. Now, this new fire threatens another 2,300 homes and has already destroyed some structures. Firefighters are battling both changing winds and people flying unauthorized drones. Just when fire crews thought the worst was over, a new inferno overnight 90 minutes northwest of Los Angeles. The Maria fire sparking a wall of flames above the city of Santa Paula, forcing 8,000 to flee their homes. Well, it just started just a very small corner, then like within minutes, it just expanded really quickly. From a distance, a time lapse capturing what looked like a blowtorch across the hillside. As wind fueled the flames, critical aerial assaults temporarily grounded due to unauthorized drones. The fire department tweeting, if you fly, we can't. So far, the fire destroying 9,000 acres. It's just very, very frightening and humbling to, to know that your home can be destroyed and everything gone. And out here, it's not just about protecting people's property, protecting people's homes. It's about protecting agriculture. We are seeing these dramatic water drops, and they are defending what is a lemon orchard. This lemon orchard is a major driver in this economy. Hundreds of millions of dollars worth of lemons, avocados, and strawberries exported all over the world at risk. Officials warning, even though wind conditions are improving, there is still no end in sight. Please have a plan and be ready to go at a moment's notice. There's widespread outrage in Spain tonight after five men were acquitted in a closely watched sexual assault case. A protester is restrained by police as the five men leave court after being found not guilty of sexual assault in an attack on a 14-year-old girl. They were found guilty of a lesser crime called sexual abuse. 
because the court ruled the victim had been drinking and the men didn't use violence or intimidation. Violence or intimidation are legal requirements for a rape conviction in Spain. Now, the Spanish government is considering changing the law so that consent is required for sex. Well, the already crowded market for streaming television has another new entry tonight. Apple's new service, Apple TV Plus, launched today with four series, which is three more original shows than Netflix had when it began airing original content in 2013. Apple TV Plus will cost $5.99 per month, and less than two weeks from now, on November 12th, Disney's streaming service will launch in Canada with a price tag of $8.99 per month. That service will eventually include almost every Disney and Pixar movie, Marvel blockbusters, and, of course, Star Wars. End up buying all the streaming services, you end up paying as much or more than, than you cable. ever did for cable. It's true. <laughs> All right, the owners of a Bulgarian cafe have started a petition hoping to save a wayward bear. It began when they checked their security video this morning and saw that the bear had been wandering the grounds behind their restaurant. After peering at a few windows, the bear eventually discovers the pool and decides to go for a leisurely swim. After the owners posted the video on Facebook, Bulgarian forestry officials contacted them and told them they will catch the bear and put it down because it's a risk. Well, that's not sitting so well with the owners, so they've started a petition to save the animal. They're even offering to pay for its capture and relocation. In Health Matters tonight, American researchers say more adults are being diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, better known as ADHD. The researchers studied the data of 5 million people and found the rates of adults being diagnosed with ADHD more than doubled between 2007 and 2016. White adults and those with another mental health disorder were more likely to receive an ADHD diagnosis. Experts say more doctors are realizing that ADHD isn't just a childhood pro uh, problem. Well, kids love it, but after the forecast, why grown men and women might be ordering Happy Meals for themselves coming up next week. Are we allowed to? Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can. <laughs> okay. Say it's for your kid. That's right. Okay. Uh, meteorologist Christy Gordon. That just reminds me of when we used to work the mornings on the weekend and Christy would, on her drive in, wait, oh, yeah. pick up. Don't share this. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> She would pick us up all hash browns. Oh my gosh! Oh, like nice. half a dozen hash Come browns. Come on! What's not better than a hash so brown? So good. <laughs> the best. I, I think I picked up like ten at a time. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Gave them all out. Let's do that again. Uh, all right, this is the sunset, everyone. It was a gorgeous day. Happy Friday to you. Thanks so much, Chris and Sophie. I just wanted to show you, though, an image from earlier this evening. This is from our Global One um, helicopter, and you can see looking towards uh, Mount Baker, quite a bit of haze. So uh, Metro Vancouver has actually just issued an air quality bulletin. It's a low-risk level, so it's not an air quality advisory. It's a bulletin at a low-risk level. But here's the information you need to know. So it's for Metro Vancouver and Central Fraser Valley. So we may see high concentrations of fine particulate matter this weekend due to a stagnant weather pattern. So with this uh, stagnant weather pattern, we tend to get low winds, especially at night, as well as a bit of an inversion in the temperatures. And that sort of traps in that fine particulate matter. And one thing that's interesting is there's a chance. It's not, we don't know that for sure, but you know what? All the fireworks last night, that could have added to the situation as long, along with the fact that it is the time of year where people are burning, uh, having fires, for example. And don't forget, everyone, moving on, looking at Sunday, we fall back another. So and we do gain an hour 
hour sleep. I love that. So we fall back Sunday morning. You want to change your clocks, but also don't forget to change the batteries in your smoke alarm detector, detector as well as your CO2 detector. All right, good reminder for you. Here's your forecast for your Saturday, everyone. We will see rain along the north coast. These areas inland, Caribou and Central Ontario, you'll start to see the rainfall later in the evening hours, whereas the Columbia region, you will see flurries in the morning changing to showers, but mostly dry and through the Okanagan Valley as well as the Thompson region and our area as well. So a bit of fog in the morning, bit of frost, but a beautiful sunny day for our Saturday. Although on Sunday, we are going to see a little bit more cloud and we will into early parts of next week, but we still have no major rain in the forecast. So although the pattern is going to weaken a little bit, allowing some cloud cover to move in, it won't be much of a difference. And this is a great shot. This is the cranberry fields in the foreground there with Burnaby in the background. Thank you to William for that. William Winslow Hansen, mm -hmm. also a great name. Sure is. Thank you, Christy. Well, hard to believe, but this year marks the 40th anniversary of McDonald's Happy Meals. And next week, the fast food giant is marking the occasion by going retro. McDonald's stores in Canada and around the world will be selling limited edition surprise Happy Meals, bringing back some of the most popular toys from the past. They include McNuggets Buddies from the 80s, the Beanie Babies Platypus from the 90s, and the legendary Hamburger Changeable. The special retro toys will be available next week from November 7th through the 11th. The Hamburger, he was always my favorite. What about the evil Grimace who stopped being evil and then he was just Grimace? <laughs> oh, that's that right. Grimace was evil to start yes, with. Yes, he was the evil Grimace. And there was also Mayor McCheese and the cop was Big Mac. That's right. That's going way back. It's amazing your memory. I don't know what Grimace was. What? Your memory is amazing. <laughs> it's warped in some ways, too. I mean, it's like, you know. Keeps us entertained. Well, no, Mayor McCheese. I always thought someone should have ran for office and called himself <laughs> Mayor McCheese. Sure sure He'd have been tasty and very intelligent. Can this scoring pace for the Canucks continue? Well, I think, well, no, probably not. But, uh, but we'll enjoy it while it lasts. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, not to denigrate what they've done because they've been way better than anybody thought, but it was looking at last year's rankings and, and standings, it was the easiest schedule in the NHL in October. But you still have to beat those teams, and they did it. Tonight they're in Anaheim, and uh, they will make a lineup change, though, because Michael Furlan is in concussion protocol after the game against L.A. So Sven Berchi got called up from the minors, but he won't play tonight. Adam Gaudet will play instead. Furlan may have suffered a concussion in a fight with Kyle Clifford. This is the fight here, but... I don't know. I, I don't see any hard shots, but it may not even be that. It just be your head jerked around the wrong way and maybe a slight shot here or there. There's one. Anyway, Michael Furlan, concussion protocol. We don't know how long he'll be out for. I don't know if you saw this last night. Watch this goal by My Matthew Kachuk just before the end of overtime. You can't really see it live as well as you can see it here. Stick between the legs. Right there. And puts it upstairs, no less. Beautiful. There's a winner for Matthew Kachuk. Seattle Seahawks have signed former Patriots and Browns receiver Josh Gordon. He has big-time talent, but he has had injury and off-field issues in the past. He won't play this weekend, though, against Tampa. He's a big play guy. You know, he's been able to really stretch the field and... Uh, those that I know that have worked with him and coached him, they rave about his talent and his playmaking ability. 
All right, to the Paris Masters Tennis Tournament quarterfinal action. Denis Shapovalov against Frenchman Gael Monfi. Shapovalov dominated. Backhand winner, won the opening set, 6-2, second set. Running forehand winner. Goes up three, love. Match point. Shapovalov, 6-2, 6-2. Who does he get in the semis tomorrow? He gets Rafael Nadal. That'll be a good one. All right. One of the uh, greatest rivalries in BC high school football is the one that played out today between Vancouver College and Notre Dame. It's a Catholic school battle that's been going on since the 50s. And while winning a BC championship is always the ultimate goal for the players on these teams, beating their rival is a close second. Ben College and Notre Dame have been playing for the Archbishop's Trophy since 1957. They are two of the most storied high school football programs in BC. And no matter how their seasons have gone up to then, everything stops for this game. We always equate this game to a playoff game. It has the same type of importance and it has the same type of do or die feeling. And I know they feel the same way. No one has seen, played, or coached in more of these games than George Oswald. Probably about 50 of them. Oswald's now retired, but still helps the Notre Dame football program. The memories come flooding back, the late fall weather, the highs, the lows, but the football coach in him loves what this game can teach those young men on the field. Uh, to be successful, you have to work hard. And this is the game that you work hard for. And, and uh, those are teaching moments for, for the kids and even for the staff because it gets you refocused again on, on uh, the values of, of playing football and, and why we play the game and why rivalries are important. There's some high-profile alumni that have played this game. That's Notre Dame quarterback Louis Pasaglia back in 1970 when he led the jugglers to two lopsided wins. You're excited all week. You're, you're losing sleep over it. Uh, I don't know how much time. You know, I don't know how much time I really concentrated on the books that week. But it wasn't only for the football players that were playing, but it, it meant so much to the student body. The student body also had a sense of humor. Angus Reed, who played 13 CFL seasons, mostly for the BC Lions, remembers a little prank courtesy his older brothers. They'd made a, a cemetery with uh, crucifixes for each of the starting players for Notre Dame offense, and they made it in their formation. So as the players came to school that morning, uh, they, they saw their, their tombstones, and they saw a cemetery with them. 9.30 pitch and pitch. Paul Del Monte called one of the great razzle-dazzle plays back in the 1993 game. It's just part of the history that has passed on great moments from generation to generation. And what you'll see on the sidelines is, is fathers of, of fathers and, and, and then you see grandchildren and, 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 and the like that are playing. And so that's what makes it special because if you do look around, you'll see parents that used to play in that exact same situation, you know, 10 or 20 years ago. And, and so that's what makes it more special. And the final score was 31-0 for Van College. Wow. It's going to be a party at the Finnegan Ball tomorrow night. I know that. <laughs> my, okay. My, my nephew goes there. Okay. Anyway, go ahead. Thank you, Squire. You're welcome. All right, it's Friday and time for frivolity. Yes. Anyway, the first two commercials have some star power, even more star power than what you see on this desk. Oh, not <laughs> saying Starting much. with M&M's. <laughs> I've had three people try to eat me today. Three. 
Ooh, lucky penny. Anyway, sometimes I wish I were human. Whoa! Look at me! I'm human! Do you want to eat me? No. Do you want to eat me? No, thanks. No? Would you like to eat me? <laughs> Nobody wants to eat me! I'm the luckiest! You dropped your lucky penny. Man, I look good. You're still short and bald. When you use Groupon in your neighborhood, you're not only saving money, you're also supporting local business. I mean, what kind of person wouldn't want to support local business? I hate local business. Family owned, even better. Shut it down. When you save in your neighborhood, it feels so good. It didn't feel good for him, no. <laughs> it's a good laugh. Okay, <laughs> so those were Super Bowl ads. And mm -hmm. in England, of course, the big thing, Christmas mm -hmm. yeah. commercials. And they've already started. Here's one for Argus. And the two people in it are both actual drummers. This is not fake. Here we go.
about this, um, when they cast, they looked all around the world. They, the, the one thing the director said is, you can fake playing a piano, you can fake playing a guitar or a horn, you can't fake playing the drums. So they needed two people who were actual drummers. Right. And they found the young girl on YouTube. Oh, yeah? Amazing. I forget her name. It starts with an N. But, uh, yeah, she she does YouTube videos, and someone said, ah, her, perfect. Yeah. I know it caught you. You're, you're a drummer, too. I'm not like that. You need a YouTube channel. I'm very good. At, if, if they needed someone to drum on a steering wheel, I'm totally or in. Or on an anchor desk. <laughs> on an anchor desk, too. I'm going to listen to Waterfront on the way home. That's what I know. Take a simple mindset. Thanks very much for watching, everybody. Have a great night. Have a good night, all.